Hello, it's Lita here from Community Finance Ireland, and welcome to our podcast series. Changemakers are in every community, they're in every city, and they're down every rural road, right across the island of Ireland. This series meets with those amongst us who choose change. Their stories demonstrate what can be done when we work together. And here at Community Finance Ireland, we speak finance, but we hear people. And we really do hope you enjoy listening to them. Good afternoon um, to our listeners. We're here in the Community Finance Ireland podcast and I'm with David Phillip, who is the chair of the Clock Jordan Community Farm here in Tipperary. David, thank you so much for welcoming us here down to the farm today. Um, It's great to be here. It's an incredibly inspiring space. And I just want you to share a little bit about the story to our listeners today. Tell us a little bit about Clock Jordan Community Eco Village. Well, there's two projects you're looking at. There's the Clock Jordan Eco Village, which is a large uh, community initiative with housing, farming, and uh, I don't know, uh, an array of about 15 different initiatives based in the Eco Village. Uh, We're right now speaking at the Enterprise and Innovation Centre, where we are promoting a different approach to social innovation and enterprise um, focused on Uh, sustainability, the circular economy and responding to climate. Now obviously food is an important aspect if we're thinking at how we uh, are more sustainable, how we have a more ethical life, we have to think about where our food's coming from. So a community farm was always on the cards for being an element or a part of Clock Jordan Eco Village. And so our community farm started about 10 years ago, maybe a bit longer now, where a group of people came together with this idea and looking at the model of CSA, Community Supported Agriculture, which really just is changing the relationship between the consumer and the producer. The producer uh, gets access to a market, the market subscriber pay up front so we can pay a better wage to the farmer and um, um, invest in all the elements that needed on the farm. So it's just a different approach. It's a uh, approach has many benefits for community. How many people are actually involved? Well, there'd be about 76 members. Uh, they make a 16 euro a week subscription. Yeah. Uh, so they're involved uh, from paying that subscription. And then there's maybe about another 12 people that are in different working groups from the board or finance and uh, distribution membership. And then surprisingly for the size of the farm, there's about 11 people work on the farm. And that's some of the people that I saw we met earlier. So they were from Turkey and from Italy and from France, young people interested in this type of sustainable food growth. Yeah, what's fantastic is there's a European program called the European Solidarity Corps, where young people get to um, travel and uh, work in a community and build some skills and different skills. So we offer the farm as an experience We currently have eight European volunteers that will spend a year with us. They come resourced. We have two houses here in Clog Jordan that they have their their own living experience and they spend um, time on the farm and get involved in their own projects as well. They bring a youthful energy to our community uh, and uh, it's just a fantastic programme across Europe. And your involvement initially, because you were telling me earlier that you were, so you're originally from Scotland. Uh, you've lived in Galway, you moved to Dublin, you had an initiative yeah. in 
the city centre in Dublin. How did you get involved down in here in Tipperary? Yeah, it's a good question. I suppose I've been in Ireland 26 years. I arrived here after a couple of years in Asia doing the Finding Yourself sort of adventure. And uh, I was a bit lost when I was here and got into university. Never yeah. been to university. No one in my family had been to university. And in my first year, it was a social, a cultural anthropology I was doing. There was a whole section on sustainability. And whenever I got this, uh, the, the crisis of sustainability, I realised this is what I was going this to be working on. Do, yeah. And so it was a turning point for me. Um, that was 24 years ago. Uh, I was involved in the... The, the founding of the Clock Jornica village. Okay. Um, we um, were looking for land in an existing village across Ireland. We chose Clock Jordan about 2003, yeah. uh, and I've been here since about 2010. And what, so some of the things that make it successful, I mean, you'd said to me earlier that you chose the location because it was easy accessible, it was kind of mid. mid point yeah. in the centre of the island. Um, what else makes it so successful? I mean, is it the people? Is it the ambition? What it's is a it? very ambitious project and it's no utopia. I mean, you could, through certain lenses, say it's not successful. Right. I think it's a rich experience that I feel so privileged to be part of. Okay. Well, it's not easy when you're working with a yeah. community of people, especially uh, the eco-village, people are here for different reasons. We have a community of community. People are here to raise their kids, to retire, to be part of the transition that we're yeah. making, that their business fits uh, being located here. So there's many reasons for people being here. Um, I do think that we're doing something that's not just for its residents or its members. We're trying to model some different approaches like community-supported agriculture, yeah. like car clubs, like high-performance homes, different approaches to restore ecosystems. So we're doing many things here that we hope that almost every neighbourhood, every village might be inspired for mm. them to be an eco-neighbourhood or an eco-village. This is the, the place we're at right now. We need almost everyone to be um, thinking about their, their actions in life or the work they're doing. Um, and so you, do you believe time. then that the people, everybody who's here, whether it's the volunteers or the students who are here on the kind of year programme or whether it's people like Mike and his dog Basil that I met earlier when we were walking around into the houses that are built mm -hmm. here and they live here full time. Mm -hmm. Do you think people are here because they're, they're here part of a value system or, and they're all like-minded or are they here to, to find an alternative way of living? Yeah, I think all of that. They're, there might be a diversity of people, which is healthy, yeah. with different worldviews, which yeah. can cause tensions initially, but yeah. will be a strength in the long term. And they're here for many different reasons. Yeah. Now, we should celebrate that yeah. and get on with focusing on what we've got energy for, what yeah. we can contribute to. So it doesn't matter what brought them here. What matters is they're here and they, they give an energy and they input while they're here for however long that might be. Yeah. The social impacts then, I mean, obviously, there are multiple. Uh, you've got employment. Yeah. Um, you've got volunteers where they feel they're part of something. What yeah. other social impacts do you think this type of initiative brings? Yeah, it's a very good question. I really think that um, an initiative like the Community Farm, for instance, in the process of connecting the producer to the consumer, yeah. we're building community. Yeah. We're building and an understanding of where our food comes from, yeah. an appreciation of place, a pride of that place. Mm -hmm. I am a supportive of Clock Jordan Community Farm, and I'm supporting local food producers 
in the region. I'm contributing to the local economy when I'm purchasing my food through that subscription yeah. or community-supported arrangement. So I see many social impacts, um, but the big one, I think, is food security. Uh, yeah. We are very vulnerable with long supply chains that provide our food currently from halfway across the planet, that we have no relationship with the people. And the vulnerability is if those supply chains are cut, we saw it snowed last year for a day and there was no bread in the supermarket shelves across the country. Yeah. We have a just-in-time delivery system that leaves us so vulnerable um, to feed ourselves. So can we think about having uh, more local food economies where local farmers and local food producers are valued, appreciated, and that we spend our money with them and not just look for the lowest cost. We've, we've yeah. come to expect food should be really, really cheap. Yeah. Why? It should be. It's, it's not the price so of it, it's the value chain yeah. completely. Yeah. What do you think surprises people when they visit? Because I know when we came, when we arrived on here this morning, I was totally surprised by the scale of it, the size of the enterprise centre here, mm -hmm. the houses that people are living in, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the young people that we hear mm -hmm. from Europe. What, what, what do people say to you when they come for the first time? I think for when people come to, um, we do a lot of courses, how do you start a CSA, how do we feed ourselves, um, how do we think about cooperatives and social enterprise in a different way. So there are a lot of these sort of courses. And when people come and they see the community supported farm, they think, often they say, this is easy, this is quite yeah. simple, we could do this in our community. Even people from the city, all you need is a cohesive community and then a relationship with a farmer. Yeah. And suddenly you've got more food security, maybe a place to take your kids to show them where food and how nature works and to get them into the, into the landscape, their hands into the soil. What an opportunity to make that connection. And so all of this then requires funding. There's jobs to be paid. Um, there's heating to be um, mm -hmm. put on every morning. There's, I mean, here where I see a whole pile of computers and state-of-the-art printers and so on, how does the how do the, the management team go about support or funding support? Is there funding from the local council or local leader? How how does that go? Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, let's take it from the eco village perspective. The eco village has pretty much been self financed. It's had okay. no capital from the government. It's had a little bit of funding from Europe to support its district heating system, the biggest example of a community-owned and operated renewable energy district heating system. So we've seen the funding as the icing on the cake, not okay. the cake. And I think that's really important, that's important that a community enterprise or a social entrepreneur doesn't uh, wait until they've got the funding to come up with the idea. Come up yeah. with the idea. Be grand, be ambitious. Be ambitious this yeah. eco-village project and all the different projects initiated inside it are highly ambitious you got to have a good story okay yeah. once you've got a good story then you can find different ways to support that and it might not just be funding from top down now with crowdsourcing and crowdfunding you can fund quite quickly from your base yeah because you mentioned to us earlier that everybody in the community makes a subscription on a monthly basis is that correct well say for the farm how do we fund that um, we're not dependent on external funding for that. It's useful. You're funding internally with yourself. We are funding it yeah. ourselves. 16 okay. euros a week. We get two deliveries to the main street oh. where we can pick up our veg. 
And it's a system where you can take as much as you need yeah. uh, with an email going out saying, hey, this week there's very little of this or there's loads of this to make to help yeah. you select um, fairly. But that system is funded by the community, not always week to week, at least a month. Some people pay six months up front. Yeah. I pay a year up front, yeah. a few of us do. And that gives us the capital to pay our two farmers yeah. to um, bring in the inputs we need for our farm. And so it's just a much more resilient farm, I think, when it's got that community support and those short, I mean, we talk about food miles and sustainability. Well, at Clog Jordan, we have food meters. The okay. farm is meters away from where the distribution is. It's okay. fresh. It's not highly packaged. It's not highly processed. This is healthier for us. It's healthier for our local economy. It's healthier for our communities. So these initiatives, I'm always surprised as, why do we not have more of these community approaches? And so that's kind of the food part of the farm. But yeah. when we look at the buildings, the, the, const the construction mm -hmm. that's happening, mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's a different kind of funding. Mm -hmm. um, did you mention to me earlier that you'd had support from LEADER? Is yeah, that a good support mechanism for a project like this? I think for rural projects, yeah. LEADER is a European initiative, part of the CAP process yeah. that is about rural regeneration. Mm. So if you're a rural social entrepreneur or a rural community enterprise, uh, you should be looking at LEADER. Okay. It's fantastic supports. Again, they've got really good mentors to help you yeah. work through those supports. And they've got money from Europe. Yeah. So why... Can't we uh, draw that down for the benefit of our local places? And then, you know, we were talking earlier about different stages of the evolution of the farm and what you're doing here. I mean, obviously, you've been here now about 12 years, but talk to me about the tipping point that happened where you needed a different kind of funding last summer when we had a really warm summer, yeah. which was a problem for you guys here. Actually, yeah. the rest of the country is celebrating with ice cream and down here you guys are thinking, oh, this has actually caused us to think longer term again. Talk about that tipping point. Well, I think that tipping point was a wake-up call for farmers across Ireland that, whoa, droughts and these prolonged weather incidents yeah. uh, leave us very vulnerable. So we realised here during that hot summer that we weren't prepared with irrigation systems. Farms in Ireland don't have irrigation systems, yeah. maybe in the polytunnels, but not in the fields. So we realised with that long drought that we're, we have to get that system in place, okay. an irrigation system in place. Yeah. Uh, and that's why institutions like Community Finance Ireland, it was really uh, good to approach them for that bit of capital to get that system in place that allows us to have more impact in, and success in our initiative. So then you had to go and so you have to kind of look at what's an irrigation system look like, what's the investment required for that. So your management team do that. So what happens then? How do you go and fund that new initiative that you've identified? You okay, need. so we identify the need for the initiative. We do the research to look at what the cost would be, what yeah. machinery, um, is there a well, what pump we'd need. We yeah. do all that. We see that it's got a certain price. Yeah. Uh, we now need to find uh, funding. We have in Ireland social funders like uh, Social uh, Community Finance Ireland. We see that we can approach them, yeah. that they've got mentors that are approachable. And so it was actually quite a quick process from we need irrigation, we've got irrigation uh, with the support from uh, Community Finance Ireland. It was and that, yeah, so that experience was a good one for, for your team? Oh, unbelievably good. Very smooth, easy. Um, yeah, not a, not a bother at all. Fantastic. So, and, and 
for somebody listening in and thinking, well, we've a social enterprise here or potentially Community Finance Island might be somebody that we could talk to. Yeah. From start to finish, is it a long process? No, very, a few months maybe, very simple. Okay. I mean, you've obviously got to get everything in order, yeah. the paperwork in order, but there's help there to do that. It's not rocket science. If you've got a good idea yeah. that's fundable, uh, I think it can be very quick. So for your team and your management team, that partnership with Community Finance Island has been a really good one. Absolutely brilliant. And the benefits then of that injection of funding at that point, I mean, how does that feel to the team when you kind of say, we need an irrigation system, actually now we can actually build it? What's the benefit? Yeah, I think from the farmer's point of view, so yeah. the farmers are, 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 are worried. There's a, a demand for... Uh, a constant flow of vegetables, yeah. the weather's impeding the growth of those vegetables, and that for the lack of having an irrigation system in a drought, we could still be in production. So I think there was a huge need from the farmers to make sure that we could produce for our community, and, and that was helped by the support we got. That is great. And Davey, just when there's people listening in, and they may be in a community in a different part of the country, um, what, can, what have you learned from the process of you know, coming down here, setting up a, a sustainable food community project? What can you share with others that you think might be valuable to them? They could be at a much earlier stage of their journey than where you are. Yeah, it's a good question. I think if uh, there's social entrepreneurs or community-led initiatives out there, that uh, the message would be what you're planning to do, what you're doing is so needed. Yeah. And our local economies, our local places need more of these sort of projects. Yeah. And those projects aren't difficult to get support for, yeah. that they're a good news story in a time of bad news, yeah. that they're uh, healthy for ourselves to step in and engage with others to provide our needs in the local place. And I think it's healthy for the environment around us. So it's a win-win yeah. uh, and uh, an approach that's more community-based or social enterprise-based that has a different impact from just profit that is thinking beyond that. How do we strengthen our communities? How can we restore ecosystems? How can we have meaningful livelihoods? So I think this is a, a, a trend that's yeah. relatively new. Yeah. Uh, that, it's a good trend, though. I that we need more yeah. stories yeah, out more there. More good stories. No exactly. Why don't we hear about these yeah. things? Uh, why is there only seven or eight community-supported agriculture projects in Ireland, where in France, in Italy, there'd be thousands. Okay. And it's then just changing the culture. Just, and changing the narrative about it, I guess. Exactly. Move it from fear to actually possibility. Yeah, I think so. And so then finally, David, what kind of insight could you share with us that would be helpful to, say, for example, volunteers who might want to get involved in a project like mm -hmm. this or another like-minded social enterprise thinker mm -hmm. who might want to get the, something off the ground? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the advice would be... Um, really research your initiative yeah. um, and then I think in Ireland especially we have so yeah. many places to go for support yeah. from social um, the Social Innovation Fund for yeah. Ireland, SIFI, um, Social Entrepreneurs, yes. um, the, the Community Finance Ireland and different people that help support, yeah. LEADER, our local yeah. enterprise offices. Uh, we do in Ireland 
being a small country, have some a good uh, benefits. Yeah. yeah, so reach out to the network. So reach out. And if yeah. it's a, a new initiative, like a community supported agriculture or a, a community energy co-op, which we're going to see more of, mm. um, I think find the people that are doing it already, visit them. What can you learn from those yeah. in a, a peer learning sort of way? That's excellent. Davey, I want to say thanks for inviting us down. We've had a fantastic time here. Um, it is an amazing um, project that you've built down here. And the one thing that I would say, even from my own experience coming in, there just seems to be a great sense of fun with everybody. There's a real collaboration with everybody. So uh, congratulations for bringing your thinking into Ireland. And um, on that basis, maybe we'll go down and get a couple of vegetables so that we can make something later tonight from a sustainable mm -hmm. food uh, trail, which would be great. Thank you very much for your great. time. Great. Thanks for coming. From our team at Community Finance Ireland, thank you to those volunteers and leaders who spent time sharing their success and determination. We hope you found some useful insights while listening here. Their stories demonstrate that dreamers are always welcome in our communities. You may be a dreamer today, but you too could be the change maker of the future. Be sure to subscribe to this series and tune in to hear our next story coming soon.